0: Welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. I'm your lead investigator on this case, Judith A. Yates, award winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Every episode is an investigation where you and I explore true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. We discuss the cases, share information, no chatter, No commercials, no off-topic. Now, grab your crime scene kit, a notebook, and your favorite hat. This is Best True Crime Podcast. The date is 2015. The place, Laverne, Tennessee. Your assignment is to determine if bullieside truly exists. Hey, bitch, you're a hoe. It was September 5, 2015, in a public park in Laverne, Tennessee. The words were allegedly shouted at 14-year-old Cherokee Harriman by one of her bullies. It began midday at tiny Mankin Park. A small group of teens were at the park lounging on a picnic table. Cherokee was at the park alone, having arrived earlier. Now Cherokee walked past the teens to go home. Somehow name-calling began with the girls shouting at Cherokee. Both teens were now standing in the street, and the rest of the group meandered over. Cherokee and the girls squared off, exchanging name-calling and arguments. Cherokee then left the area and took the short walk home. Once home, she removed a knife from the kitchen sink and concealed it in her jacket. She then walked back to Mankin Park, calling a friend on the way on her cell phone, and she said some girls at the park were bothering her. When Cherokee returned, the group of teens were still lounging on the picnic table. Cherokee stopped on the sidewalk and shouted at them, So you want to call me a bitch and a hoe? She produced the knife she had taken from her family kitchen. When the teens looked over, Cherokee plunged the knife into her abdomen. They watched in horror as the little girl fell to the ground, gasping in pain. The kids in the park were later interviewed by law enforcement. Some of them had witnessed the stabbing. Others said they only heard Cherokee shouting unintelligently. One of them had removed the knife from Cherokee's body, thinking it would help. Someone else, in a panic, called their own parents. The kids used Cherokee's cell phone to call the first name on her contacts list. And finally, they told the investigators, ambulance sirens wailed through the neighborhood as Cherokee's family finally arrived on the scene. After much confusion, Cherokee was airlifted to Nashville's Vanderbilt Hospital. Brave attempts to save her failed. Cherokee was on life support only hours after the argument in the park. Her family made a difficult decision and the machines were turned off. Cherokee, a little girl who loved painting fingernails and styling hair and laughing with her friends, was gone. The coroner would rule the stabbing as a suicide. But was it? Or was it a crime perpetrated by other teens who had bullied her? The press, family members, and the public immediately blamed Cherokee's death on bullicide. There was talk of legal punishment for the teens in the park, and Cherokee's death became another symbol of children's cruelty causing drastic final results. Cherokee Harriman's case created a national media and social media frenzy, much of it centered on sensationalism rather than the truth. In Laverne, Tennessee, the community sought answers to questions about who if anyone, should be held criminally responsible for bullying. The topic was even addressed at several town hall meetings. There is sensational news coverage surrounding a child's death when that child commits suicide in response to bullying. The term has been coined bullicide, which Collins Dictionary defines as the act or an instance of killing oneself intentionally as a result of bullying. Another definition Bullicide occurs when incidents of bullying become so intolerable that the victim ultimately commits suicide by taking their own life. National interest in this phenomenon has grown to where many teen suicides are blamed on bullying, resulting in national news discussed on the talk show circuit and the subject of numerous documentaries and publications. Cherokee suicide made headlines when her family accused the park teens of bullying her until she took her own life as an escape. First, let's meet Cherokee Rose Harriman. Cherokee was born into a low-income family already suffering serious problems. Her alcoholic grandfather was mentally and physically abusive to his children and his wife. Yet, when Cherokee was born, he just adored the little girl. When he was at home in hospice care, it was Cherokee who found him when he died. Her parents were involved in substance abuse and illegal activity, bouncing home to home. Cherokee was sexually abused by a man who was never prosecuted for this crime. Her grandparents were given custody of Cherokee and her sister, but family deemed them ill equipped to raise her. Cherokee was stealing, setting fires, and abusing animals at a very young age. Then a house fire destroyed her only safe space, her single bedroom. Now, this fire was not caused by Cherokee. She was admitted into programs and mental health hospitals until the state insurance ran out. And then returned home to the same environment. At an early age, Cherokee learned the words, I'm going to kill myself, brought attention. But soon it became the girl who cried wolf. She longed for the niceties other girls her age had. Because of her mental health problems and the unresolved sexual abuse, she did not like to bathe and she suffered the traumas of sexual abuse survivors. Therefore, other kids made fun. She did not have many friends and hopped boyfriend to boyfriend when boys tired of her clinging behavior. However, Cherokee could be a mean child herself, bullying relatives and disrespecting her elders. But for all of this, Cherokee was a very sweet girl who could be lots of fun. She loved dancing, karaoke, hosting sleepover parties with her friends, giggling late into the night. Cherokee loved styling hair and nails. It was her dream job. Anyone who knew her agreed she was quite the stylist at a young age, using YouTube videos as a guide. Cherokee had few friends, but they were all fiercely loyal. Was Cherokee Harriman suicide, like so many other teens, caused by bullying? Are young people committing suicide because they are being bullied? Let's talk about the definition of bullying. The actual act of bullying and its definition can be confusing. In simplest form, teasing is done in play, basically in fun. Bullying is not. It's the intentional attempt to harm someone. Nancy Willard, MSJD, is the author of the first book published on cyberbullying. Willard explains that bullying includes the element of power, an imbalance of power. Intentional, repeated imbalance of power where the target could not get the aggressor to stop. Thus. Students bantering at one another is considered teasing. When a child is physically or emotionally harmed by peers numerous times, that's when it is called bullying. The lines between teasing and bullying have grown fuzzy in the last decade, in part because of the laws governing the education and the legal systems. All 50 states in the U.S. have a bullying law, but 22 of those state laws do not include cyberbullying. And there is no one definition of bullying. The term varies from state to state, from school to school, from school district to district, and no federal law directly addresses bullying. The punishment and reporting systems for bullying behavior is never consistent, and the limits of a school's power and their reluctance to file negative reports is frustrating for the children and their families. So just how real is bullicide? Well, the National Center for Injury Prevention and Controls Division of Violence Prevention released the results of a study on the relationship between bullying and suicide. While the study revealed bullying behavior and suicide-related behavior are closely related, it also revealed we don't know if bullying directly causes suicidal behavior. Involvement with bullying, along with other risk factors, increases the chance of suicide-related behaviors. Also, blaming bullying as the sole purpose of suicide is not realistic. It perpetrates the false notion that suicide is a natural response to being bullied, and it has the dangerous potential to both normalize the response and can create copycat behavior. It encourages sensationalized reporting and spreads false information. The wrong people are blamed and punished. Ultimately, the attention is not on true suicidal risk factors, such as mental illness or family dysfunction. The report Relationship Between Bullying and Suicide suggests punishment for bullying is important, but the best practice is to move past the punishment to set the tone for lasting prevention. A Yale School of Medicine study on children who commit bullicide found connections between being bullied and suicidal thoughts among children. The study discovered that bullying victims were two to nine times more likely to report suicidal thoughts than other children were. The study revealed the perpetrators, who are the bullies, also have an increased risk for suicidal behaviors. The study is called Bullying and Suicide, a review, and was published in the International Journal of Adolescent Medicine and Health. Numerous studies on youth committing bullicide reveal these stressors also play a role. An unstable home life. Now that could mean problems in the home or maybe the loss of a parent or a parent who is not emotionally there. For example, Cherokee's grandfather dying on her when she needed him most. Mental health or behavioral issues, such as depression, problems at school or a potential learning disorder. Poor coping mechanisms, substance abuse or abuse, psychosocial stressors, legal problems. Bullying is the catalyst rather than the cause. A study on youth suicide in Toronto from 1988 to 2011 revealed bullying was present in only six deaths out of 94 youth suicides. Bullying was the only identified contributing factor in fewer than five deaths. And the most common stressors identified were conflict with parents at 27% and depression at over 50%. Mental and or physical illness was detected in 78.7% of the cases. Other stressors were romantic partner problems, academic problems, and criminal or legal problems. The study's conclusion is, suicide in youth comes from a complex interplay of various biological, psychological, and social factors of which bullying is only one. This data appears in an observational study of bullying as a contributing factor in youth suicide in Toronto. Like the children who killed themselves before her and those who will surely follow, Cherokee did not take her own life because of bullying. Bullying played a role. Because the coroner ruled the stabbing as a suicide, the state insurance would not cover the medical bills. Cherokee's family had to file for bankruptcy to pay her bills. The local police department's investigation in the altercation at Mankin Park revealed it as a fight over a boy versus bullying. None of the park children were held responsible. Some people believe one of the students stabbed Cherokee. Others feel the stabbing was accidental. Cherokee was known to be a drama queen, as her friends and family would say. She just pushed it too far this time. If you'd like to know more on this case, it's covered in my book, Bullied to Death, a Story of Bullying, Social Media, and the Suicide of Cherokee Harriman, published by Wild Blue Press and available at www.truecrimebook.net. Some of the paragraphs in this podcast are from the book, and the book details Cherokee Harriman's life while addressing the dynamics of bullying and bullicide. The book is dedicated to Cherokee Harriman, a child who struggled daily with so many stressors and whose young life ended so quickly. Cherokee's case is typical of child suicides, classified as bullicide. Now, to understand bullicide, it is imperative we understand the definition, causes, legal, and political issues. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and know this podcast survives on donations alone. If you enjoyed listening, please share. Let's all stay safe out there. Hey listeners, my name is Judith A. Yates. Like so many of you out there, I have suffered from depression and I have been suicidal. I've also been the victim of discrimination, but there is help out there. You can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. That is the crisis text line. You can connect with a crisis counselor and it's free 24 seven support right there at your fingertips. Here's how it works. You text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741 from anywhere in the United States, anytime. And a live trained crisis counselor receives the text and will respond. It's a secure online platform. Crisis counselor can help you With gun violence, coronavirus, anxiety, eating disorder, depression, suicide. Give them a text at 741-741. They also say habla espanol and they are GLBT friendly. So don't sit alone and don't do anything dangerous to yourself or others. Please, there is hope out there and there is help. Thank you for joining me on this investigation, exploring true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. This is Best True Crime Podcast. No chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. I do hope you will subscribe. This podcast runs off donations only. You can drop us a donation, $35 or more, and I'll send you a signed book. Just go to www.besttruecrime.com. My name is Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Thank you for joining me on Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Be safe out there.